Live from the Journeys Group Studio, this is Taking Care of Business. Good day, this is George Pate. And this is Tommy Pate. Taking Care of Business. We are in the first week of November. That we sure are. Yeah. Yep. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, if you were in Greenville, yesterday was Halloween. If you are elsewhere, Halloween was earlier this week. Wouldn't it be cool to be in Congress and know that every day is trick-or-treat? <laughs> oh, did you hear about the Shorts Act? Did you hear about that? About the what? The Shorts Act. Uh, no. So I heard about this the other day. So, you know, the, the, uh, the Fetterman from Pennsylvania. Oh, no, because he wanted to wear gym shorts and hoodies. Yeah. And, um, he got, they got so much backlash from both sides that it was just, I mean, it was utterly ridiculous. It was, um, you're in a, a professional environment. You need to dress like you're in a professional environment. You need to dress like you have some decorum and some class if you're going to be there. Um, so now the Senate has gone back and reversed that. Yeah, you have to wear a suit And now. he has to wear a suit now. Did you know that he does not, he won't do it. He stays. He no, cast, he did. Oh, really? Because last time I read, he he cast his vote outside, outside the of the vote. chamber. No, that, that was before they, but that was before they dropped the dress code. Um, now he, he is finally wearing a suit, but it took them to pass an, an act in Congress for him to I know you must be extremely proud of your senator when he wants to wear a hoodie and gym shorts all the time. You know, I get it. Okay, I get it. Suits are not comfortable. I get it. Hoodie and gym shorts, way more comfortable. But, I mean, my God, you're in a professional environment. Okay, you're in in the United States Capitol. Well, I would think that would garnish. There's only 99 other people in the world that have the title that you have, which is United (laughs) States Senator. And you don't see anyone else complaining about the fact that they have to wear a suit. Um, but I digress. Anything else we need to uh, chit-chat about before we get rolling? Uh, not really, because I continue to be appalled by um, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Um, okay, I'm through talking now. now yeah, we got, got, a, got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Uh, for once, it's actually... Um, Good stuff. Uh, so let's introduce ourselves. My name is George Pate. I'm a certified financial planner with the Journeys Group. My name is Tommy Pate. I, too, <laughs> am a certified financial planner with the Journeys Group. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm in Aden, North Carolina, right outside of Greenville. Our phone number is 252-304-1019. Again, that's 252-304-1019. Or you can find us on the web at www.thejourneysgroup.com. Dot com again www.thejourneysgroup.com our website may i interject one thing yes you appear to be quite exuberant this morning do you have a show you're excited about i do i have a lot of notes i i um and it's actually a, a fairly positive topic well, I'm just going to doze off while you finish off then. That's fine. Yeah, I got I got plenty to talk about. So just, if you can, lean back a little bit so they don't catch your snores. But other than that, and I'll wake you up when we're done. Perfect. Okay. This um, is Tommy Pate. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, you can find us on the web. Sorry, uh, I just, yeah. No, 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 that's okay. Our website has a variety of financial articles that regularly rotate on it. It has our contact information as well as our physical location. It has a place if you want to request an appointment with us or have a question. There's a little form you fill out with your uh, basic information, your contact 
contact information and we'll be in touch with you. Um, it has links to the, um, to our Instagram, our Facebook and our YouTube channel. Uh, and last but not least, or it has it also has a page for upcoming events. Our next one is December the 9th for our, as our Christmas party for our clients. So if you're a client, keep an eye out for that invite coming out. Mm, I don't know when, probably pretty soon. Um, not in charge of that. Uh, and last but not least, it has uh, links to the podcast, Thinking Care of Business. We're on 19 different podcast platforms, so uh, click on the landing page and click the one that's your favorite or the one that has the prettiest logo, whichever suits your fancy, uh, if you want to catch up. So, you may want to slow down just a hair, too. I know. What are we talking about today? I, who am I to say? <laughs> no. I've never seen you this The last time I saw you this excited, you were learning how to walk. Of course, you were 20, so it was was time. (laughs) It was pretty uh, recent, yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. No, today we are talking about the outlook for the U.S. economy next year. I Um, thought you said there was something positive we were talking about. I know. We were in a, you and I were in a, were in New York City last week, had a, uh, for a very brief, like 24 hour stint. We had a meeting up there. Um, and part of the meeting, uh, we met with a senior economist with Bank of America. Um, and he spent about an hour kind of outlining what, their outlook on the economy is he had lots of data to back it up and it was and it, far, yes, yes if you're wondering he is substantially more intelligent than george and i well I, I don't think that needed to be said uh he he it was overwhelmingly more positive than than what we expected and and what we have been telling people um it's amazing how we can change our tune because of new data that comes out i mean that and that's that's the importance of Understanding the data and uh, leaning on people like this guy to collaborate, to um, corroborate all the data, put it all together and make sense of it because there's, there's just a ton of data. So um, we're going to talk about some of the talking points that he had last week to give you kind of an idea of, of what the prediction is. Now, keep in mind, this is a forecast. This is a prediction. This could be totally wrong, um, but we're just going to kind of talk through what he talked about last week. So first and foremost, uh, there is no longer a recession expected within their forecast horizon. They're expecting a soft landing. Um, I know. You hear that term all the time. A, a, I'm sure that over the last year, um, if you watch the news or listen to anything or read anything, you'll see the term soft landing. The idea behind a soft landing is that the Fed cools down the economy enough to correct it without sending it crashing into or without stalling it out and sending it into a recession it is incredibly difficult to do and we harp on the the federal reserve board a lot um for their uh, stupidity I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right stupidity is a good one for their seeming um inability to do any to do their job you know, we harp on that a lot and, and we say, you know, if they had done their job from the beginning, this wouldn't have been an issue, blah, blah, blah. Um, but their job is incredibly difficult. A, a soft landing is incredibly hard to achieve because it is a balancing act. You have to, you know, you have to tighten the economy just enough to cool it off, to bring it back to a normal level, but you don't want to tighten it so much that now you're strangling it. It is a very fine line that they walk. Um, but they're expecting a soft landing now as the most likely scenario. Again, could be wrong. Um, interest rates, they're expecting, we're expecting one more rate hike uh, in November, December, somewhere around there um, of another 25 basis, another, another a quarter of a point, um, which will bring the prime up to 
8.75%, 5.75% is the current federal lending rate right now, which means prime would go up to 5.75%. Um, however, and this is, this has been pretty, pretty, uh, common knowledge. Uh, at least if you're among the industry or reading about this stuff, they are also expecting cuts to start happening in June of next year. Uh, and they're expecting a quarter of a point per quarter. And so next year, um, we're expecting interest rates to drop by half a point. And so instead of it being when next year, uh, starting in June, six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two quarters. Um, so the, the, um, make sure I'm doing my math right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I was making sure I was doing my math right there. Um, so we're expecting to see interest rates start to come down sort of towards the summer. Um, because they think by then inflation will be enough under control. Um, and, and they'll be able to start backing off of some of those things. And I mean, it's kind of a, um, a two-sided bone or a, a two-sided coin, you know, okay, it's good for the economy and it's good because it's on, it's an election year. What, what has, um, what data has come out most recently that has totally, this is a 180. Yeah. All right. Good question. Um, certain interest rate sensitive sectors of the economy, specifically housing and manufacturing are hitting bottom. They, they are starting to hit the bottom, which means they can only go back up. Um, fiscal policy, what the Fed is doing, what Congress is doing is starting to spur investments. Uh, and so instead of people pulling out, now people are starting to put money back in. Companies are starting to put money back in. If that's into that. the case, mm-hmm. why is the market not starting to respond positively? That's the one thing that I'm that I have not been able and I did extensive research on this. It's the one thing that I cannot figure out. Because if maybe it's just because People are still wary of what's going on that, that, okay, yeah, this data says this is what's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. And so uh, I I think maybe, maybe because it hasn't happened yet, because a lot of this is just conjecture and interpretation of the data, people might just be scared to, to jump back into the market until they see it start happening. That would be my, but, but, and I'm not trying to be devil's advocate. No, no, no. I I, I appreciate this. 45 seconds ago, you said people are going back into the market. Mm. I said they're spurring investment into those into those industries like um, manufacturing and things oh, like that. Oh, I thought you said that people. No, okay. no, 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 okay. no, no. That's um, No, no, no. It, uh, my notes say that fiscal policy is spurring investment into those sectors, into housing and manufacturing gotcha. and things like that, which which will eventually lead to gotcha. everything catching up. No, uh. Uh-uh. Um, and the other thing, the auto sector is still playing catch up on production. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that manufacturing is finally starting to catch its breath and be able to catch up. You know, there were there have been supply chain issues for the better part of what three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there have been some pretty serious of- been some pretty serious supply chain issues. Those have now eased up, and so things like manufacturing production are now able to get back up to i'm not i don't want to say full swing but they're they're starting to ramp up again which again feeds into the economy uh the biggest reason um and this is something that the fed has been leaning on all year is the labor market uh the labor market is continuing to outperform all expectations we have a very strong labor force and a labor market, despite everything else going on, despite everything else being being a disaster, the labor market has been strong. And it's one of the things that you and I have kind of criticized the Fed about because that they were leaning on that saying 
you know, all this year and even last year that there won't be a recession. There won't be a recession because the labor market is strong. But all of the other indicators over the last year were were terrible. And so you and I were kind of criticizing the Fed saying you're cherry picking one indicator that just happens to be good and using that as the basis for your whole platform. All right. Here's my uh, right wing conspiracy <laughs> theorist going on. Mm-hmm. Is it unusual that we have a 180-degree turn just before the year of the presidential election? No, not at all. Uh-uh. Um, not even a little bit. But if it means that the economy starts to improve, and that's, that's the difficult thing with something like this is, is, number one, is the data we're getting complete. Uh, that That's kind of the hard thing. But we just have to take the data that we get and, and, and do with it what we can. You know, well, I actually do feel better known as Bank of America, too. That, that's uh, that's kind of what I'm what I'm leaning on here is that they, they have um, – I'm sure they, they've got their finger on the pulse much tighter than you and I could um, by nature. Um, well, and to be honest with you, I mean, this the meeting we were at, was it wasn't like world economic power, so they really wouldn't need to blow smoke up us because – It was a bunch of it was a bunch of people that, do, that are in this industry that do this for a living. Um Nobody that is. Yeah, it's not like game changers in the room or anything. Uh, yeah, and so they they were just presenting the facts to us. Um, so again, labor markets have consistently outperformed expectations. Um, this is another thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Income growth has consistently outpaced inflation, and I don't necessarily. And and they made a caveat here that. This is the new jobs that are coming out, not existing jobs, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that would say, heck no, that has not been the case right. for me. How many of these new jobs are – You read again, my mind. Are just replacing COVID jobs, our pre-COVID old, our, jobs. Our old jobs that are coming back. Yeah. Exactly. And I yeah. did not read your mind because I wasn't appalled at what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> what, just a blank slate? No, I, that would be – that'd be better than what I've seen. <laughs> um, no, your mother would – would wash your mind. Your mother would wash your mind out. <laughs> uh, no, that's the big question too. Is with the labor market. Okay, we're we're creating all these new jobs. Not really. Uh, most of the new jobs are just jobs that were lost during COVID or taken out during COVID that are coming back. Regardless of of whether that's uh, regardless of of what direction it goes when it comes to those new jobs. It inspires confidence, and that that's the that's the biggest thing is that people are beginning to be confident. And when I say people, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about individuals like you and I or, or, or the the two people that are listening. I'm talking about the corporations, um, the 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 big hitters, the ones that can sway the the market and the economy as they as they please, so to speak. Um, and so that's 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 the one shining star that they continue to lean on is the labor market, and then that can that continues to um, it continues to get better. Uh, spending on both sides is another thing. Uh, you got spending on the consumer side. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think you mentioned it that since COVID, household assets have gone up substantially, yep. but household spending has also gone up pretty much proportionally to to household assets. Um, and so again, we've got resilient spending regardless of what's going on. Uh, and keep in mind all of the data that we were told, uh, and I, and I wish I could, I wish I wrote this down and, and could remember they did, they did not factor in, um, energy costs and, I believe it was food costs, which are the two biggest kind of sources of pain for people right now. There was a really good reason why they didn't include it. And I wish I had written it down. Um, but anyway, uh, consumer spending is, it continues to grow 
as people's income and assets grow and their balance sheets grow, um, people are spending more. The one kind of caveat with that is, okay, and, and I've seen several people online say this, if we're hoping to have a soft landing and to cool the economy down, wouldn't more people spending money be a bad thing? And, the, and yes, on, in theory it would be, but I don't think it's enough spending to offset what's going on with the cooling of the economy. I don't think it's quite strong enough to, um, uh, to tip the scale in the opposite direction. Uh, inflation. Uh, inflation is past, is, is past the peak. I mean, that's, that's their belief. What are they saying inflation is now? Uh, right now, I, I'm glad you asked. I looked this up yesterday. As of September, 3.7%. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you made a face. What do you think? No, I was thinking uh, I, uh, it crossed my brain and I answered myself and I shut it down because I was going to say, does fuel know that? But I've, fuel prices are now going down. So that was. Yeah, yeah they're, they're starting to drop. And I actually, I have a graph here that shows. I, I'm telling you, I got ready for this. <laughs> I have a graph here that shows. I'm not sure why I even showed up. <laughs> Except to try uh-huh. to, you know, ask questions that, are, <coughs> that sounded, you know what? <coughs> I'm going to sit back and have my Pepsi. <laughs> Um, I've, I've got a graph. And by the way, Pepsi does not pay for advertising. So, I but if they want that. to, <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh yeah, we can work that out. Yeah, um, I've got a graph here that kind of tracks what how inflation has gone uh, really since 2011. Uh, in 2011, September of 2011, inflation was at 3.87 percent. Who was president in 2011? Oh, it was. Um, oh, who was? Oh, it was Barack Obama. No. Huh, okay. Anyway. King Barack didn't do anything. You know what? I'm going to report you to the Secret Service. <laughs> of course, then I eat my words because then it started dropping after that. Um, and then uh, during the Trump administration, inflation hovered as high as about 3% and as low as um, almost zero in May of 2020. Yeah, now, but he, that's because he inherited it, though, from, from Obama. Let's face it. I mean, he Trump, all Trump did was take the economy Obama gave him. Yeah. Anyway, um, and, and again, the the I the, read that the National Enquirer. <laughs> the zero percent inflation could have a lot to do with COVID. Um, anyway, start uh, it certainly wasn't anything Trump did. No, no, of course not. You can't just wave a magic wand and have a three have a three percent a three percent GDP ever again. Um, and then starting in uh, in 2021, June of 2021, uh, or I'm sorry, November of 2020, inflation was down to 1.17 percent. Again, a, a lot of that was due to um, the actions of the Federal Reserve Board giving Biden his honeymoon year. I, I think that was, um, I, I think that's what that came from. And then June of 2021, 5.39%, all the way up to June of last year where it peaked at 9%. Inflation, inflation's peak was 9.06%. Since then, it has been dropping like a rock. Uh, September of last year was 8.2%. January of this year, 6.41%. Uh, whereas, uh, and then June was 2.97%. And then September was 3.7%. September inflation rose. Uh, right now, it's too soon to tell if that was a blip on the radar or, or a pattern. Um, I don't think anybody's anticipating that, that trend continuing, but we're kind of watching and, and waiting to see what October is going to bring. That, that data will come out in the next couple of weeks. Um, there's a lot of other thing, a lot of other data that that I could go into, but I'm I'm, I'm sure I've already caused several car accidents by putting people to sleep talking about this stuff. <laughs> um, no, actually, it's it's interesting because it's it's so it, uh, the latest data refutes everything we've been saying. Yeah, and and the other thing that um, 
the other thing I was reading about yesterday is that bond yields are starting to increase, uh, which means that there's a lot of there's been a lot of selling off of government securities to help cool down the economy. That's been going on for a while now, but uh, bond yields are continuing to go up which in turn would help cool off the economy. If bond yields are going up, that means they're, 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 there's less money out there. Uh, that's one of the prime indicators of, of a tightening economy. And so economy is going to cool down. Uh, things are starting to tighten up. Um, all of this to say we, we're anticipating next year to be fairly positive. I don't want to say good. Uh, but I, we think it'll be positive, much better than what we anticipated even a month ago. Uh, kind of all the data was pointing to, all right, more rate increases. This is going to be rough. Uh, we're just going to kind of have to hang on. Not necessarily the case anymore. Um, like I said, I've got a lot more charts and data, but we don't have time to go into all that. And uh, What does this mean for the average person? Uh, again, we're no, no longer anticipating a recession. That's a good thing. Um, what does this mean for the average person? All right. If you have been, and we've said this a, a thousand times, if you have been properly positioned and you have a good, a, a proper financial plan set up, it really shouldn't matter what the economy is doing. It shouldn't matter whether there's a recession next year or not. If there's a recession next year or not, your plan shouldn't change because it, it should have already anticipated stuff like that happening. It should have already taken it into account. You should be positioned based on where you are in life, not where the economy is. You know, if you're five years out from retirement and the economy's knocking it out of the park, you should be in the same positions that you'd be in if the market was just an absolute disaster because you've only got five years to go before retirement. So now's a great time. Okay, we think next year's going to be pretty good. But regardless of what happens next year, Now's a great time to take a look at your plan. If you don't have a plan, get a plan. Work with a planner. Um, find out uh, find out what their plan, what your person's plans are if there's a recession versus not. Find out how, how they're going to position you to make sure that you can achieve your goals, make sure you can retire. Uh, I hate to sound like a broken record, but all of this data is great, and it is. It, it, it's very informative. It's, it's great. Um, but it should not play into... It shouldn't play a huge role into your um, investment picking, so to speak. You shouldn't be picking your investments based on what the data is coming out because at that point, what you're doing now is you're responding to the market. You are reacting instead of being proactive. If you try and react to the market, you're going to lose every single time, I can promise you. There's, you, you, just, you cannot come out ahead if you're reacting to the market because by the time the data has come out, everybody else has seen it, and the market's already responded to it. And so the best thing you can do with something like this is be aware of it. Or, you know, if it's not your, if it's not your thing, not your bag, um, talk to your person about it. Talk to your, whoever handles your finances. Talk to them about it and say, hey, uh, I've got this data. Uh, kind of talk me through some of this. What, what, what does this mean? Um, see what they think about it. And, and then make sure that your investments are in line with your time horizon. Make sure they're in line with your plan you know, when you want to retire, what goals that you have. Um, again, data is important. It's great to have, but it should not be the defining factor in your investments. Um, if you have more questions about this, if you dispute any of this and just and want, to, want to talk more about it, or if we can help you, give us a call, 252-304-1019. Again, 252-304-1019. Um, so, 
got a couple more minutes. We're going to kind of wrap it up here. Um, biggest thing, no recession expected next year. And that was kind of on the, that was sort of the big question on everybody's mind is, is, are we going to go into another recession? And yes, I say another recession because last year we were in a recession. Last year met every definition of a recession. I don't care what the Federal Reserve Board says. I don't care what anybody says. We were in a recession, whether they want to admit it or not. Um, That's just the way it is. Uh, Not anticipating another one next year. Um, Also keep in mind that the numbers and the situation that we're in right now is not the first time we have been in this situation and it will not be the last. We have been in uh, bad markets, bad economies before. Historically speaking, this one is not as bad as as it has been in the past. Um, 2008 was worse than this. The 1980s. I wasn't alive during the 80s. You were. That's because I couldn't afford you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, inflation was 18% in the 80s when Carter was president. Okay. Inflation was 9% last year. That doesn't, that's not, I'm not saying that's good, but it is not the worst we've ever been. We've been in far worse situations. And so the best thing to do is just kind of hunker down, chill, um, continue doing like you're doing, continue along your financial plan. If you don't have a plan, go get a plan. Um, and just try and keep that into perspective that, Keep in mind that we've been in such a, a an economy and a market that's been tearing it up for the better part of, what, 15 years, mm-hmm. something like that, that it, it's it, – we, we forgot what it's like to not have that. Um, we will come out of this. It, it might be a, a year or two, and I think we may have a new norm when it comes to some of the, the numbers, some of the rates and things like that. There might be a new norm. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just something that we're just going to have to get used to. So um, anyway – Lecture over. Um, think things are going to be really positive or pretty positive next year. A lot of data to back it up. Again, would love to talk more with you about this. Hear the music in my ear, so I guess I better get on out of here. Better get down from my pulpit. I appreciate y'all letting <laughs> us spend some time with you today. Hope you have a great rest of your week, and we look forward to visiting with you next week. This is George Pate. And this is Tommy Pate. Taking, taking care, care of business. The proceeding has been a paid program. The advice and opinions expressed by the Journeys Group and their guests are their own and may not reflect the opinions and advice of WTIB or Interbanks Media. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although should not be relied as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities are insurance products. Fixed annuities, rates, returns, and guarantees are subject to the claim paying ability to the underlying insurance company. Please see a statement of understanding and prospectus for a full detail on products discussed. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation and as such is not intended to be a direct recommendation. Before acting on any information mentioned, you should seek the advice from a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine whether it is suitable for your specific situation. Investment advising services are offered through the Journeys Group, an SEC-registered investment advisor.